Haitian folklore tells us that zombies are reanimated from a bokor or witch doctor. The zombie is then a personal slave to the bokor and has no will of its own. Who would you resurrect is your personal zombo slave? So we're calling them zombos? Yeah. Okay. Sounds more masculine. Okay. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> Ooh. Zombie Lincoln. Zombie, Zombie Lincoln? Yeah, maybe he'd help me write good speeches, get promoted at work or something. Do you think he wrote the, the Gettysburg himself, or do you oh, think definitely. someone else he wrote it on him? a train on the way to Gettysburg. Okay. He didn't have a ghostwriter? It's part of the folklore. Oh, maybe. No, he didn't. You don't so. think he workshopped that with other people in the, the no, car with It's part of the folklore. He, he wrote it on top of his little hat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it on top of his hat. He's his hat as a desk. Did he keep taking it off to look at his words? <laughs> no, he wrote it on paper using his hat as a desk. That's oh, fair. Man. What about you, Garrett? Ronnie James Dio. What? Hell yes. Ronnie James Dio, man. <laughs> you really think he's going to be able to hit those notes and yeah, I know. perform just Dude, as well? Yes. Okay. Well, that's actually a pretty good answer. I think we would see a big resurgence in, in metal. Dude, if we had how zombie. metal would it be to have zombie <laughs> Dio up there? I don't think it gets any metaler. <laughs> any metal? <laughs> no, that's the maximum metal. Okay. We, we that's allowed. Gone, we could have gone with heavier or anything else. We went with metalier. <laughs> yes, we did. Mark? Yeah, it's your answer. Jim Varney. Ernest? Ernest, Ernest P. Worrell? Ernest P. Worrell. He's going to get a new life, and he's going to get a new trilogy of films. I don't think you could be a child star, like a child actor, and or an actor for children, and be a zombie. I think he could. He's going to be giving his children <laughs> nightmares. Flesh just falling off his face. Hey, Vern, it's me, Ernest. <laughs> no, we're going to have a trilogy of films. I've already written down the titles. You ready? He's going to oh. be big blockbusters. Oh, God. Ernest, thy flesh consumed. <laughs> Followed up with, hey, Vern, it's me, Ernest, and I'm eating your brains. And then we're going to end it with, hey, Vern, you got to destroy the brain. Know what I mean? Sir, I do not know what you mean. <laughs> I think yeah. if he's gone to camp, he's saved Christmas, he's gone back to school, he went to jail. He's been scared stupid. He's been scared stupid. And he wrote again. He wrote again. And he went to Africa. We can stick a trilogy of zombie films at the end. Sure. All right. Sign me up. Let's do it. I, go, I know a guy who can do the soundtrack. <laughs> Ronnie James D. Oh, gold. Hey everyone, just a quick note about today's episode. We will be discussing three zombie films, so if you want to enhance your experience, please watch 28 Days Later from 2002, 1985's Day of the Dead, and The Girl with All the Gifts from 2016. Enjoy. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name's Mark, and again, joined with John and Garrett. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing all right. Thinking about my zombie Lincoln friend that I'll probably have, <laughs> and all the cool zombie presidential things we do. Do you think he'd remember anything that he accomplished in his 300 years ago, <laughs> whenever it was? Well... It's 200. Yeah. Um, I'll have to teach him. I mean, I'm sure there'd be zombie schools that I could send them to where you can hang out with other zombie children. I guess zombies can learn, at least posited by some of the films we've seen. Oh, is that a segue? It (laughs) is. By the way, today's episode, we're going to be talking about zombies. Uh, Three in particular, we're going to talk about 28 Days Later, 1985's Day of the Dead, and The Girl with the Gifts, with all the gifts from 2016. Not just some of the gifts. 
all, all the, gifts. the gifts. So, fellas, um, I think we're all kind of on the same page, maybe, that we've had a little uh, zombie burnout Big over time. the past decade. What do you think? I, I'm going to disagree. I think there definitely has been a saturation of zombie films, and mm. I think with anything that becomes saturated, you do kind of get like a crop of repetitive, boring, you know, kind of pieces of media. But I still think there's really solid zombie films that come out, and I think that, you know, I wouldn't say that it's, it's dead by any means. No pun intended. I was going to say, oh, that's silly dead pun. Oh, man. You're ashamed. Go outside. Unintended. Personally, um, and and maybe like to my uh, misfortune, I would never go out and watch a zombie movie on my own. Um, and as we discovered, there's uh, there are some good ones being made. I, you know, the uh, girl with all the gifts is relatively recently, and I thought that was a that tremendous 16, really? film. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, that I would have never ever seen if you hadn't told me to watch it. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah, not all zombies are bad. Um, I would say that uh, there's definitely an oversaturation of zombies, um, starting probably with what. 28 Days Later kind of kicked off this new resurgence. I would say it was even before that. Before that? I would when they started doing the Day of remakes. Was that yeah. Before and we after? got Dawn of the Dead in 05, 06. Yeah. That was by Snyder? I think so. Zack Snyder, right? Probably. Um, that, that, could, that movie could have been decent. God, that could have been decent. I liked it. Decent. I That's one of the that few one, that I actually yeah. liked. That movie committed several zombie movie-like sins that I just can't forgive it for. But I we like can get, fast We can get zombies. into those later. I'm a fan of fast zombies. So I, think I enjoy much both. More I enjoy both, but I'll, I'll I'll go into what I thought those were later. Okay, so there may be some purists listening that don't agree with Twenty Eight Days Later being on this list. Um, I spoke with a couple of fellas um, that told me that the rage zombie is not a zombie, therefore it doesn't count. Oh, because who, I want names. Not, I want names. I'll give your name after. <laughs> I'm not going to put his name out there. No, on the I mean that's definitely a zombie. You There's think so? Def- I mean, in that case, you're cutting out a whole bunch of zombie literature if you take out viral-based zombies. I girl, think the girl argument... With the, girl with all the gifts was a fungal thing. Yeah. Right. So. I think the argument is is that, like, zombie purists, you have to be a dead reanimated corpse from the ground, right? I think even Romero might have mentioned something along those lines, too. Yeah. But... You gotta evolve, right? I mean, yeah. even Romero's nineteen was it sixty eight Night of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead came out. Mm-hmm. Before then, zombies was mostly like a voodoo style yeah. Uh, yeah. mummy curse. Not Fellini. Who the hell was that dude? Um, God, he did a ton of zombie movies. He was an Italian director. He's he's kind of credited with basically being the first like zombie movie guy. Well, I got uh, here that the first um, full length feature. Zombie film was called White Zombie from 1932, starring Bella Lugosi. Of course, it's Bella Lugosi. He's in all that shit. Man, he. Um, my but, man was the Nick Cage of his day. <laughs> he was. There's a horror movie. Bella Lugosi was in it, bro. Yeah. Um, in that one, Bella Lugosi plays a character named Murder Legendre or Legandre. First name Murder. Of course. Great. Um, he zombifies a woman through voodoo. And then throughout the film, um, whenever Lugosi's character dies, she's no longer in the trance of zombie. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting because now it's like, 
oh, your body's rotted away. Yeah. If you came back to life from that, you're going to have a bad time. That's true. Yeah. Lucio Fulci, that's who it was. Okay. That's not okay. Fellini. <laughs> I think he did like classy films. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Fulci was one of the original kind of zombies. Was that guys. also in the same like 30s, 40s era? No, or? no. That was um, like 70s and stuff. He came out around the same time as okay. Carpenter and stuff like that. Gotcha. Like, not Carpenter. God. Um, Romero? Romero. Romero mm-hmm. and Fulci are kind of considered like opposites of the pond kind of doing the same thing at the same time. I have. I don't know if I've seen what is his, like, his, his big one. Um, zombie. With an eye. Oh, I've seen that cover. Um, I've seen yeah, that cover. They're, okay. they're not great. I mean, some of them are like pretty interesting, but like just kind of like how Dawn and Day had like some crazy things that you see. Uh, some of his movies, like I think a zombie fights a shark at one point in one of his films. Oh, that sounds great. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so yeah, the, the origin of the zombie is from the Haitian people. Um, I kind of touched on a little bit at the beginning with the reanimation of human corpses through magical means. I was going to ask you guys, if what are the um, different ways that one can become a zombie so we've got magic got voodoo viral funguses funguses bite bite blood you know those are means of transmission though this is how you would get the fungus or the virus it'd still be like a virus okay yeah Yeah. there any others we're missing evidently rage rage (laughs) though bites are like the worst way to most painful virus well I don't want to get into the whole, here's why zombies are stupid, but try to bite through genes. <laughs> no, let's just go ahead and set that expectation yeah, yeah. Let's right go at the end of the episode. Tell us why zombies are stupid. All right. Let's get a denim jacket and try and bite through it. Get a leather jacket and try and bite through it. Like, Hey, no one said there were smarter ways to deal with you zombies. You don't need to be like, it just doesn't seem like something that would somehow just completely overwhelm the entire world immediately. Like, Just put on your leather jacket. Or any amount of clothing. Put on five shirts. I guess you make a point. Like, Like, if those bodies are falling apart and degenerating, are the muscles in the jaw really going to be strong enough to bite through it? You mean deteriorating, not degenerating. (laughs) They are degenerates, though. I'll tell you what. You no good zombies. Get off my lawn. John, can you bite through a leather jacket right now? No, nobody can. That's why being a zombie is uh, stupid. Except maybe in the case of the rage uh, virus, which seems to have given them super abilities. So. That's true. They run fast as hell yeah. and their eyes are all crazy. So, you know, some sort of explanation there, but if you just got a corpse with But a not job, everyone has leather jackets, though. I mean, but you have hoodies, sweaters. Oh, you I give mean, me, you give me enough time and enough motivation, I'm eating through that hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you just sat there, I'm like... Yeah, that's if your your victim didn't decide to do anything <laughs> yeah, about it. In any way, <laughs> try to defend themselves, so... Well, if we're talking about slow lumbering zombies, then yes. That's why I'm also... I, I'm a bigger fan of fast zombies, because at least you might be able to, like, catch someone by surprise and get to, like, a fleshier bit. But just these, like... Everyone in zombie movies is wearing t-shirts at all times. You think that they would be wearing as much clothing as possible, even if it's hot. Wait know? a minute. I love the fact that we're supposed to accept that John's like, there's a dude who's in your dreams with a clawed hand that can kill you. <laughs> we're going to accept all this nonsense. But the moment a zombie comes in, he's like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm just going to call it out. I, I, I'm with you there. <laughs> I will suspend my, dis- my you know belief for, uh, for the movie. But then people are, oh, yeah. People oh, just yeah. take zombie invasion so seriously as like a possible actual calamity, and it would just fizz out immediately. I feel like one movie I never saw that I wanted to see, and I probably should still watch it. Um, that I'm I'm kind of bummed we didn't do for this um, this episode is World War Z. 
with mm. Brad Pitt. Mm. I never saw that. that. You didn't see that. It's not good. It's terrible. And it's not like the book at all, which was really good. Oh, uh, see, I, I haven't read the book either. But like, I'll say the trailer has that scene of the zombies climbing over each other, like making a yeah. ladder of zombies. It was up way too wall. quick for that to be like realistic. Yeah, but, but that, that was, was kind of interesting. Cool imagery. But yeah, I never saw it either. So mm. you're saying it didn't even worth it? it was, I mean. Once again, I'm so biased because I hate zombie <laughs> movies. But I think even by people who like zombie movies, World War Z is considered trash. Hmm. I thought you were going to say Zombieland because that is a great movie. Zombieland was enjoyable, but Zombieland, we get a fun this, take on it. But then yes. we get Shaun of the Dead level type stuff, and that's I don't think that's necessarily what we were talking about. No. We, can, we can talk about some of those later on though. But all right, let's get back to the movies. So you are a John. You're a fan of the fast zombie. Garrett, yes. do you have a preference? I really don't have a preference. I think both serve their point. I would say fast zombies tend to be a little bit more um, more of a threat. Like when I'm watching a movie, I'm like a little more like, ooh, you got to get with it. But the slow zombies, also kind of creepy, man, because you hear something running. You can hear something running. You hear something quietly walking. It's harder to hear that. Yeah. You might know? have to like so, tiptoe away at minimal speeds. I mean, you, I'm not saying you can't get away. I'm not saying there's as much of a threat like trying to yeah. outrun them, but I'm saying like, you know, you may not detect them Fair. as easily as rah, like running as fast as you yeah. can noises as opposed to just quiet like, you think, oh, something's standing right behind you. For slow zombies, your number one risk in life is just tripping. As long as you don't trip, you're probably fine. The moment you fall down on the ground, then you're screwed. But, uh, or if you run into an uh, like a alley. Yeah, any like way that you... The dead end or yeah, something. If you get trapped or fall down. But if you can avoid those two things, you can... Probably just keep your distance. Well, what the threat of the the slow lumbering zombie is that it's just a massive horde, right? Right. Yes. It's just slowly it coming tire. to get you. It'll right. Just chase you down forever. And the thing is, I mean, you know, like you get a, a large group of people together, just slowly moving on you, it becomes hard to maneuver. It becomes hard That's to true. out get. And the moment someone grabs you, your momentum is done. You know, I mean, you're gonna be at the subject of maybe two people grab you, you're yeah. stabilized, and then it takes one person you're not looking at. You know, to to bite you. Would you say that the slow lumbering zombie films have a tendency to focus more on the human terrorizing each other more than the fast ones, or has that kind of been in both? It's I, I definitely like been in both. That's yeah. kind of a thread I've seen in a lot of zombie films. Like, not only are the zombies the monster, but people are too. It's like every zombie movie is the humans are the real. Are we as bad as yeah. that? You know, like yeah, yeah, like basically the zombie apocalypse brings out. The worst. The people. worst. And that's actually the reason I picked 28 Days Later for this. is, And mm-hmm. it's the similar theme in Day of the Dead, which I kind of feel 28 Days Later is a modern retelling of Day of the Dead, sort of. Um, is, I mean, loosely. Military loosely. compound. Well, yeah, just that, that kind of concept and like how the breakdown of humanity really kind of like gets to the heart of what will we do for survival? Yeah. How will we, you know, handle something like that? You know, and that's, again, like you said, the the more human psyche aspect of it as opposed mm-hmm. to the threat of the zombie. Um, I think for back in like the Romero days and stuff like that, it was it was a vehicle to kind of point out a bunch of different stuff. It pointed out the like the racial aspects, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. stuff like in Night of the Living Dead, it was the racial yeah. aspect that they talked about, the the humanistic survival aspect, stuff like yeah. that. Well which one of these do you want to get into first? Let's talk about let's talk about Day of the Dead first because I feel like 28 Days Later has some of the similar themes of that. And um, Girl, I want to, Girl with All the Gifts, I want to talk about because that was quite a surprise for me. I think all three of us kind of was taken aback on yeah. how much we liked it. Yeah. 
Okay, so Day of the Dead, 1985. This is the third of the Dead trilogy. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, there's also one out there called Return of the Living Dead. What does that have to do with that? That was a fourth movie, and that was actually just kind of like a... It's kind of like a DC Elseworlds book. It was kind of its own little story that took place in the world, but wasn't technically really canon, or it was in some weird way. Hmm. Um, it had punks. Yes. Oh, basically fun. like yeah. And it was kind of like more goofy... It's kind very of 80s. Is it worth watching? It's fun. There's parts of it that are worth watching. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely fun. So not part of the, the, the Romero trilogy per se. Um, so we started off in what I said, I think I said 1968. We got Night of the Living Dead. That was the black and white one. Everybody knows that. She's coming to get you, Barbara. Yes. That whole thing. And then after that. Which I cannot not say every time I go to a graveyard. <laughs> my mom was not thrilled when I said that at my grandfather's funeral. Oh, that's... But I just couldn't Maybe not it. the best time. I mean, yeah. you know, hey, I was trying to lighten the mood. Did it? For me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then that was followed up in the 70s with Dawn of the Dead, right? And then we got 1985's Day of the Dead. Now, I think Romero's been saying that he wanted to make one of these every decade. So I don't know if he actually kept up with that. But he wanted... It was supposed to be like a, a mirror of what was happening in society. So that's why he, he was... Day of the Dead's his favorite. Is it? Yeah. It's probably that. the most, I, w- I would say that's got to be correct because that movie had so much in it. Like the themes in that movie were so great. So if you haven't seen it, it's a movie that starts off with um, a helicopter landing in town looking for survivors, which I immediately recognized from the Gorillas song, <laughs> M1A1. Yes. Hello. I, I told you about that. Yeah. Hello. I was like, oh, I know this. <laughs> that's pretty creepy so that just watching in the film too is like oh this is a little eerie um so they're looking for survivors a wave of zombies starts coming at the helicopter and you realize that there's a group of scientists in a bunker you know several hundreds of feet underground they're being assisted by the military Mm -hmm. which i guess there's still some it's a a military bunker and some Mm -hmm. doctors and some other people are basically like grouped there for survival reasons and they're and there's still a semblance of government i guess that they allude to sort of yeah they, they, and they really touch very vaguely on it because they're like oh your orders are to help us do this or whatever yeah. so there's gotta yeah. be some which makes me question structure. like how much of a government could really be intact to keep these military guys doing their job because for me it's like you want me to do what Pfft, i'm out you know, they kept saying, let's go find that island. I'd be like, let's go find that island. The flip side, it gives them something to do, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing is when, people... when shit breaks down, I mean, and that's and that's a, that's one of the things that I really like about Day is it just showcases all the different, the spectrum of what what does humanity do? What do people do when hope may or may not be lost? You know, like how do you survive yeah. in a, a hopeless situation? And some people just follow orders. Some people do the routine. Some people look for, you know, another way. Some people want to find a cure. I mean, that's the thing is, and if you look at all the characters in Dave, they're all so focused on who they are based off their experiences and what they're dealing with. Right. They're all so focused on that, that it's, it's kind of a good juxtaposition. And the female scientist, she's just gung-ho to do her job, and that's what I guess is holding on to 
like her sanity, right? Yeah. Or her, her yeah. view on the world. Plus, if you look at the soldiers, they weren't really holding it together. They were not your prime soldier material. One of the first things I wrote down is like, why are they all laughing maniacally and why are they so dumb? Yeah, like, <laughs> they're, they're not your grade A, you know, special forces here. No, definitely not. Um, so what they're trying to do basically is um, they're trying to determine if zombies can learn. Is that correct? One of the doctors is, yes. Yeah. I think so. Referred to as Dr. Frankenstein. He's yeah. this, the, the lead scientist in this bunker. Who's like my favorite character in he was cool. any of the movies we watched, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you come to find out that he's got a, a zombie named Bub yeah. chained up in a room who he's actually taught to do simple things like cock a gun and salute the, the captain. Well, because yeah. he used to be military. Yeah, he, he used to right, so it's instinctual, right? Yeah, so he's, he's trying remembering to see, can they can they function after this? Can they do they have memories? Do they have and that was kind of touched on in Girl and some other stuff, but like, you know, like can they be not rehabilitated? What's the word I'm looking for? Um retaught. Like, in a sense, it, reconditioned. I yeah. do feel like is there something goal, there beyond just the mindless flesh eaters? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that their angle was fuzzy. It wasn't. It didn't really seem to make. I mean, I guess theoretically they're supposed probably supposed to be searching for a, a cure. I think that's, that's what, what the woman wanted. Is, yeah, yeah. But I think you know the Doctor Frankenstein guy was just doing his own shit. He was off on his own. Oh yeah, no, he had lost his mission. His mind. Yeah, spoilers, you come to find out the guy's completely mad, yeah. and he's stealing the bodies of the dead soldiers, which really pisses him off later, Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, actually gets him killed. Um, but yeah, he's basically just doing all these studies, which, I mean, didn't seem like it was bad stuff to be looking into. Maybe just not the most pertinent stuff he should have been doing. Well, he figured out how to like tame them. He had to cut some part of their brain out, or yeah, he had the brain out, and he's like, "Watch it when I poke this. Looks what happens to the body, you know, like stuff like that." It's like typical medical professional. His whole lab was incredible. Any scene that was set in there, I thoroughly appreciated the like the gore and the models and the whole bit. I thought that was Romero was always good with the, the practical effects. I mean, you know the the. The ripping apart people and yeah. the, like the guts and stuff like that. They use practical effects oh, for that stuff. When they pour that, they tore that poor fella's head off. Oh, <laughs> like, that was that's rough. That I was, was like, holy shit, that looks real. <laughs> yeah. um, that was a really good part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, every all the effects, I I applaud. All those were really well done. Uh, but what are you going to do? You can't have CG back then. It was in the eighties. And oh, plus, yeah. from what but, I understand, Romor- Romero's projects were always um, plagued with. Budgetary constraints. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of a no but thing. To say that, oh, I mean, most '80s movies had terrible gore effects. I think Romero put a lot of time and effort into and love into making these disgusting things. And we do got to give a shout out to the lead special effects artist was Tom Savini. Tom He's Savini done a lot of stuff. He yeah. did some of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth that we there already talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that dude, dude is Savini's a, a legend. Yeah, that guy's that dude guy knows his craft. Yeah. That's Changed for sure. Through the whole film. Honestly, that's the one thing like I always give the day movies or not the day, but the dead movies credit is they always have amazing effects, practical effects and stuff like that. The one thing that they did in um, in Dawn and they also continued in Dead is the 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 pale face makeup to make people look dead. 
where they just kind of put like a blue hue, <laughs> yeah, bluish gray, a, a bluish gray hue on their face, and it looked like they were like wearing face like face paint, and it was like, oh, that always kind of like slightly took me out of the moment. Had a cut from somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's a, what do you do on that large of a scale exactly. that's like reasonably like Affordable. achievable? Yeah. Speaking of large scale, who dressed those extras? <laughs> I saw at least two zombie clowns. <laughs> I bet that's just how they showed up, and two people were pissed. Do you had the same I idea. would love it. It's like, hey, we need zombies. Show up, whatever the fuck you want to wear. It's that's like, I'm going to wear the most ridiculous bullshit I could put on. Well, I'm going to be a zombie magician. Right. He was like, oh, I'm going to be a zombie clown. Then I can find myself in the movie. And then some other <laughs> fucking probably... zombie clown comes up. <laughs> I would. <laughs> just ruins his shit, man. Well, I know that was a big thing from Dawn is like the Hare Krishna clown or not the Hare Krishna, <laughs> but the Hare Krishna zombie from Dawn was a huge, like, people love that. Like, like, oh, yeah, you remember that? And so... The zombies kind of became known by their like identities yeah. and their costumes. So I think maybe that was potentially kind of like a hey, let's throw a couple clowns in there. Let's throw a couple <laughs> like these in there. That'd be funny. Well, it was funny. I'll give them that. <laughs> it worked. Success. Yeah. One We're thing we didn't see a lot it, of in so. those movies and the the dead movies is animals. You didn't really see a lot of animals in those movies. That's true. You know. Now this one opened up and there was an alligator. Yes. And I was like, is that a zombo alligator or is this just some? Alligator. Can you even tell? Alligators are just <laughs> I don't like, know. <laughs> look, if you're going to get a live alligator, you sure as hell not going to put makeup on it to make it look dead. Right. So I don't know what but they were going I with just that. just got bluish it, face paint. <laughs> I think a zombie alligator and a live alligator are both going to treat you exactly the same way. They both just want to eat you. That's true. So it a doesn't living, really matter. A living croc and a dead croc want the same goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Unity okay. at so, last. It doesn't matter what it yeah, so that's another thing, too, is, like, some zombies, there's, like, Zombiever, the movie. <laughs> like, I was wondering about that the other day. I was like, can animals get the virus? Like, have we seen any... I think it depends. ...representations in real films? Each Not u- like Zombiever, but... <laughs> Each universe probably has its own rules regarding that. Because... But in most cases, it seems like no. Yeah, they usually go to eat the living animal yeah. if there's no people around, I thought. but That's what we've seen in a couple films. That's what yeah. I've seen in a lot of stuff, too. I, I mean, think in all of these, the three we watched, there weren't any I, I saw a zombie movie where like a bear, I think, was like a zombie, and I can't remember what it is. Zombie Resident bear Evil sounds has like a zombie thing. dogs. That's true. Oh, that's true. true. Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah. T-virus yeah. dogs. Yeah, maybe it's just the type of virus, maybe like depending on how it organically or non-organically Effects, forms. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting real technical I'm here. It's lost in thought. So yeah, now. rage virus, no. T virus, yes. It really depends on what. Mis- well, the rage virus was started by monkeys. Yep. Oh, good sure point. Was. So, but it didn't boom. affect dogs or cats. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe because mm-hmm. they're not as is. is uh, Somebody get Danny Boyle on the phone. Yeah, can we get breakdown. some? Can we get some <laughs> DNA experts in here, please? Um, yeah. No, I mean, so. I, I picked, I wanted you guys to watch Day because I really feel like that's one of the, at the time, you know, I'm not a big fan of Dawn of the Dead. I'll just say that. I found that movie to be about 40 minutes too long. Original? The original. Okay. And the second one for other reasons. But um, the original was just so long and it's enjoyable, but there wasn't enough there to keep me interested in the original Dawn of the Dead. Day I like because it really focuses on the humanity of like people and how they do kind of break down and like... Like, what do you do when that happens? So that's that's one of the reasons I was like really like kind of like, yo, you should watch this movie because it really, I think out of the Romero ones is the best representation of of that kind of thing. And I find like, I find that's what I enjoy more out of zombie movies than anything else. And 
I'm okay when they do that. I like this one. I thought it was good. Um, the the guy who played the captain, just a complete asshole to just about everybody there, just really putting his fist down, like it's my way or you're dead kind of thing. I um, like when Dr. Frank was like, yeah, I get it, but do you have any food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a great scene. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. I'm going to do my own thing and you're going to give me food. Yeah. Um, and then when he died, like he was sitting there cursing the zombies, like, I hope you choke on it, like, <laughs> yeah. screaming yeah. about his guts. I was like, wow, that dude is so full of vitriol and hate. <laughs> that is amazing. I love his acting in it. Um, but it definitely does do the whole thing where it's like, is it, um, who's the real monster here, right? Yeah. Right. Is it the people? Is it the zombies? Um, well, they did a pretty good job making Bub almost sympathetic. Yeah, oh, I was, I was rooting for him. My yeah. favorite scene is when he shoots the captain and then salutes him. <laughs> it's like, holy yeah. shit. Although, I, the one thing I when I first saw it, like when he has that gun and he like looks down the thing and starts pulling the trigger, I'm like, no, my dude, yeah. no, you got to stop. There was a 50-50 chance yeah. the zombie blows his own head off there. <laughs> it's like, whew. One, one, one thing I needed to ask you about, Gareth, that I didn't quite understand is the guy who's actually yelling hello at the beginning of the, of the movie, he's the boyfriend or the love interest to the the female scientist. Mm-hmm. What is his deal? Because he like he's he. I know he's fallen apart from the stress, but I know I didn't understand his need. He, like he went up and brought all the zombies into the complex at the end. I was like, what the fuck? So is he doing? that was I. So what I got out of that scene is that was like you know what the system is fucked. Everything's broken down. It's all going to hell. I'm taking out these people with me. Like, not so much his girlfriend and stuff, but, like, But was the he military. privy to all the information that was happening? Like, did he know that his girl just got banished to the zombie, uh, you know, barn? I, well, the thing is, the last thing the last thing he saw was the military guys going off the deep. So I, okay. the way I took it was, is like, okay, you know what? These guys are worse than the zombies. I'm going to make sure that these guys don't get out. I, I took it as, like, from what I got out of it was, hmm. you know, like, Okay, shit's going down. They've gone off the deep end. If we're all going to die, they're going to go out too. Like, I'm not going to let them get away with this kind of thing. That's the way I took it. So I don't think it was just like a general just kind of like, eh, fuck it. It's something to do. It was more of a like, okay, you know what? If it's all going to hell, they're going to hell with us. That's cool. And and that's, what about you, John? Do you have any thoughts on that? I I think that might nail it, but... Uh, yeah, when I was watching, I was just like, what he is he because he lost his arm? Like he's been the linchpin in all the bullshit happenings <laughs> in this movie. It's like Yeah, he definitely was that that character. But no, I, I when he goes up there and opens it up and pulls them all down, I think it's really just kind of like a okay, it's it's all going to hell. These guys aren't getting a win. These guys are not they're gonna if they're gonna burn this ship, they're gonna burn with the <laughs> ship. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you guys have an issue with the scientists thinking they could talk reason into these guys? Because I knew from like scene two that there was no reasoning with any of them. The military guys? Yeah. No, I thought, I mean, I just assumed there was a backstory that we didn't really see. These folks have probably been working together for a while. And... Yeah, they had a whole, like, we go out, we look yeah. for people, we bring them back here. We kind of, it seemed like they had a, like, a, but a, they tenuous, made a tenuous kind of like survival pact. The, the, well, I can't remember her name, the female scientist. Uh, made a big old point of like, I can handle the guy with the guns. Like, he's got guns and you don't. Are you sure? Well, I think she was more thinking like, I mean, come on, we work together. He's not going to actually shoot me kind of deal. It's, it's probably misplaced faith, but 
when you're in a zombie apocalypse, right? You probably try to hang on to whatever tenuous society you kind of. Uh, it's good that I do air quotes on a podcast. It's yeah. probably <laughs> really communicating across. Every whatever, time you do it from now on, I'm going to go quote. <laughs> whatever unquote. kind of you know tenuous society that you have, you probably try to really hang on to it. But for me, like I would be the exact opposite. It's like there's nothing keeping these guys from doing whatever the hell they want. Bonds of friendship, Mark. They were not friends. <laughs> True, Fair. but you know, I think that's why he let those zombies in. He was like, "All right, you know what?" It's that's true. Look at this craziness. Every time you do air quotes, we're going to do a, a horn. <laughs> <laughs> that won't get annoying. John, quit doing air quotes from now on. I don't even think I've done them before this podcast. And then this time I did them like three times already. He's <laughs> in an air quote mood. <laughs> you at home, guess when he put them in. Yeah, exactly. There's Every three... time John does, does air quotes, drink. No. There's three air quotes in this episode. You figure them out. Um, I really appreciated the scene with the uh, um, the helicopter pilot and the female scientist. I'm sorry, I don't know any names, um, but she went and went to hang out at their little makeshift resort area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's just like, "Ah, you suck. You're not helping at all." And he's like, "Lady, there's other things to do in this life." And he's like, "You're you're over here wanting to determine why this is happening," and I pretty much decided that. God is doing this because we got too big for our britches trying to figure out his design. And that really like made her stop in her tracks, I think. Yeah. He's got a real like, eh, shit happens. Like we're going to deal with it. We probably deserve this. We've been punished by the creator. He visited a curse on us. So we might get a look at what hell was like. Maybe didn't want to see us blow ourselves up and put a big hole in the sky. Maybe just wanted to show us he was still a boss man. Maybe he figured we was getting too big for our bitches. Trying to figure his shit out. Yeah, but I thought that was a really powerful moment in the movie. Yeah. Um, really. Again, everyone has such a unique, like, Motivation. Yes, yeah, like a mindset that yeah. I think it really plays off well against everyone there. You know, the guy who opens up the 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 hangar, you know, like he's got this kind of defeatist, kind of like it's all fucked, you know, like he just is a sad sack, you know, he's lost hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's so unique in that movie that I thought that worked really well, that it was such a, a great variety. You also had that in the original um, Night of the Living Dead, um, much less diverse, but it was, you know... Everyone had their own like view and take on what was going on and how they should handle it. Yeah. I had two questions, uh, and this will wrap it up for me, unless you guys have anything else you want to say about it. Um, is there any uh, connective tissue, uh, plot-wise, or anything between the three dead movies? Like re- recurring characters, towns, anything like that? I mean, you hear stuff on the radio sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes there'll be like things on the radio that like reference other areas, and I think maybe there's some stuff there. It's been a while since I've watched mm-hmm. those movies, so I wouldn't really be able to pick up on all those little Easter eggs. Yeah, but um, they all are canon. They're all in the same same exact kind of continuation of the story. Because that's the thing is, one is the beginning of the outbreak. Humans are still out hunting the zombies and doing what they can to stop it. Dawn is the realization of like, oh my god, this shit is like almost it's uncontrollable. Now it's time to survive. And then Day is, and again, these are all my opinions, you know. Day is kind of like, all right, how do we survive in this world that now we we now live in? And that's where you start seeing that stuff play in. 
Do they ever say what was the cause of the outbreak in those? I don't know. Or is that even... No, I think it's just magic. I don't know if they did. I think at night, one of the TV anchors talks some shit about an eclipse or the moon or something, but it's, it's just magic. Some like weird astronomical event. That kind of plays into how you said that most modern horror films got to explain everything to death. Right. And then here we got barely any yeah, info just, on that. Just happened. Dad's coming to yeah. life. Sorted out. <laughs> yeah. On that transition, um, you want to talk about 28 Days Later next? Let's do it. Um, do you think you would have liked the movie better if they didn't explain how the infection was created? No. I actually think I would have liked the movie better if it were about those 28 days. <laughs> you mean when he's in the coma yeah i mean not watching him in a coma but i'm actually a big fan of the part of zombie movies of society falling apart and i like those like uh types of scenes like in the stand for example that's like my favorite part is that first part of the virus sort of spreading out and doing its thing but um so no i mean it was such a like a minor kind of point in the grand scheme of things like oh it came from these monkeys and they really never played i think a huge plot point kind of deal so well let's just say if you're gonna break in and rescue animals and a man in a lab coat says no you better not they be infected you don't do it <laughs> they they be infected. Yeah. i don't understand the obviously the motivation of those morons like okay i get it you want to save animals but this guy's like bro they're infected they're gonna fuck shit up like you immediately go okay we'll find something else to do for our just look cause. at those monkeys they weren't looking all that healthy like no like, do you see the one strapped to the chair and 32 channels of violence going into his yeah. brain? There's a reason. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I'll we got to kick it off, right? So you got to start your zombie film somehow. Um, so then we... Uh... It was it was unique. Mm-hmm. It was unique. Yeah. So I appreciated them like trying to do something that was different so it wasn't the same damn thing again. But yes, it was definitely one of those. When someone tells you, hey, don't, there's probably it's for certain reasons. There's good reasons not to. And then as the credits roll, we get a whole dump of like news footage of the world going to shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Britain going to You're shit. You're right. Britain. Like because we don't know if it's contained to the island or not. We'll get into that later. And that's but a huge plot point. That's a huge plot point. Um. So the film start. Uh, it, it then drops you into a hospital. You wake up, and our character Jim um, has been in a coma since all the craziness started. He doesn't know what's happening, and one of the coolest scenes in the whole film is him wandering around an abandoned uh london L- londinius londinius <laughs> and i i just think that imagery is so good because when you think about it there should have been dead bodies littered everywhere yeah pieces of people blood stained everywhere but instead it's just completely empty and there's something more eerie about that than actually just seeing it littered with corpses i think yeah the fact that it was so desolate mm-hmm. so i i can't even imagine how they got the city to agree to that because you see all the major landmarks. You know, I think Big Ben yeah. is pictured. I at think one some point. of that CG. They filmed it very, was very it? early in the morning. Yeah, and they closed it down for like fifteen minutes at a time. It was just a huge pain in the ass. Oh, so it was. It was yeah. a huge. This this is also after he did Train Spotting, so he had some clout. Like okay. he had some like, yo, let's. Get some he had shit a done. permit. <laughs> <laughs> he may he may have permits. I believe he did. Yeah. So I loaded this up, started watching it again, and I immediately thought my television was broken. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, they filmed this thing in some low-res style camera that I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah, when I rented it from Amazon, it was like, HD. And I was like, wait, did I just get, like, robbed? (laughs) Did I just get screwed here? Why did I spend that extra dollar? I just got ripped. Vaseline is on the lens, man. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure there was a point to that. I was going to see if you guys knew why he chose to do that. 
because it transitions into HD at the very end after the 28 days. Yeah. I think it's I think like, it was a, a stylistic choice. Yeah. Oh, he's fuzzy or whatever. Maybe it's like meant to be like the character wasn't fully grasping it. I don't know. I'm sure he has some really artsy fartsy reason for it. It did not hold up well, uh, you know, 16 years later. Yeah. Uh, see, I thought it did. I still thought it was stylistically okay. I didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't know why he was doing it. That's all. I didn't like it. <laughs> so Jim is now wandering around town. Uh, a funny scene of him collecting pounds, British pounds, the yeah. currency. Like he doesn't realize that those are worthless anymore. So I kind of like that touch. I mean, it's hard to put yourself in someone's shoes like that, but I feel like he would have figured it out faster. Like some real major well, calamity. Could- there's this musical montage of him wandering around town. He even goes up to a mural that has pictures of all the missing people, yeah. the dead people. He'd be like, probably don't need this money anymore. And I guess, you know, it's probably... I'm going to drink this Pepsi on the ground. Right. It's probably really <laughs> hard to comprehend. Like, oh, society has collapsed and everyone's gone. And I think but, that's a major part of the yeah. film because Jim... Throughout the film, you see him hesitate um, to really enact violence. And then later, after he's threatened with violence, he becomes... Rambo. (laughs) Rambo. (laughs) He doesn't become Rambo. Uh, Anyway. We'll get to that in a minute. But that's actually... This is one of my favorite horror movies in general. Like, Mm -hmm. I love 20 Days Later. The over arc of Jim's character. The the end of it where it plays a lot of the, um, the military gone wild you know kind of day of the dead type stuff it combines a lot of the stuff i love so much about those types of films in one movie you know when he first wakes up yeah he's on autopilot i mean what do you do you're the the, one of the biggest cities in the world is empty Mm -hmm. you know you see missing people you don't know if it's an infection you don't know if it's like a war you don't know what happened i mean so you're kind of on autopilot i mean i can't say what i would yeah immediately like react to with that so I thought that was great, just the the bewilderment that he goes through. And then as he starts to kind of figure it out, you know, fear comes into play, but then it's still reactionary fear. He's still not accepting of it. Um, he comes across a group of survivors. One of them is the other main character, Serena, right? Mm-hmm. Or Selena, mm-hmm. Serena? Selena, I think. And um, another fellow. They saved Jim from, uh, what was it, a church? Yes. He wandered into a church, and then the priest starts chasing him around. Yep. And the um, church is full of what he thinks are dead bodies, and some of them are, but then like the infected start getting up out of those piles of bodies, too. Yeah. So after he's rescued by Serena and the other the other chap, don't remember his name. We'll you call know him, me, I'm good with names. We'll call yeah. him Doug. So yeah, Selena and, um, what do we say, Doug, we're calling him Doug. Selena and Doug save Jim. I think Jim. it's Mark. I think his name is Mark. Okay, fine. Mark. Selena, oh, hi, Mark. I like Doug better, but okay. uh, Selena and Mark save Jim, and the first thing Jim's got to do is go back home, right? Mm-hmm. As every probably anybody who wakes up and doesn't know the status of their family, you got to go check on them. True. So he goes home and uh, looks like the parents silently and peacefully died via pills and alcohol. Yeah, they killed themselves. So they which wouldn't become honestly zombies. ain't a bad option when you're yeah. staring down the rage virus. They have a picture of Jim and. As a, as a child in their hands, and on the back it says, with endless love, we left you sleeping. Now we are sleeping with you. Don't wake up. Yeah, that was so powerful. That, it like, is a it very gave, powerful It's still message. just talking about it gives me goosebumps because it's just like, wow. Like, can you imagine living in a world where, like, we don't want him to wake up? Like, that's that's so creepy. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it has been some time. You can mm-hmm. see him reacting to the smell of his dead yeah. parents and all that stuff. It just 
thinking of having to deal with that. 28 days, I would guess. One would say it's <laughs> roughly around 28 days. <laughs> Where do you come up with these ideas, John? I gotta um, say, I think uh, Jim would not have survived if he wasn't in a coma. I think. He oh, would. I guarantee he wouldn't have. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about surviving a zombie apocalypse <laughs> I mean, a little bit later. He was not prepared. So they end up uh, having to stay at Jim's parents' house overnight it's too, uh, because you don't travel at dark, right? Is that what they said? You got to travel. It's unsafe. It's, un- it's unsafe. It's not as safe. Yeah. Um, a zombie, an, one of his neighbors, four houses down, break in and attack Mark. And what I think is finally a perfect portrayal of how people should be acting in these zombie apocalypses. Selena immediately kills him without even thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Because that's what you need to do. Well, yeah. you forgot to mention he was bit. He gets yeah, bit. That's Mark, what I mean. Mark yeah. gets he bit. Wasn't, and he he doesn't, wasn't just like, now's my chance. <laughs> Mark gets bit. They kill the zombie. And then... They kill Mark. They She immediately just looks at Mark. Mark looks at his arm. He's got the bite. And he's just like, no, 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 no. And she just... Hacked. Dead. And I'm just like, all right, I'm in. Again, another reason I like this movie I want is her like, on my team. Yes. Yeah. And that's another thing is... You know, Jim's hesitation to basically make that transition to that kind of person. You know, he's so appalled by the what she just did. Mm-hmm. And um, but she's been through this. She's been through approximately 28 days of this. <laughs> so um, is that the gestation period of the human brain to get swapped into survival I, mode? I don't know. Maybe it's Apparently, faster. Maybe it's shorter. 28 days. Depends, you know, on the person, yeah. the and situation. And left is, are the ones who are able to make the switch. The people yeah. who all died uh, are the ones who couldn't get it. Yeah, so yeah, it's one thing to sit here and be like, "Well, I would be the best of whatever, whatever." No, I would die immediately. <laughs> I think we've addressed this in an earlier. I think time. you have. Yes, I don't think I would survive it anyway. But just having to accept the realization that everybody knows dead has got to do something to you. So right. she kills Mark straight up, Quick. straight up Quick. dead. Quickness. Um, on their way out, they were like, "We got to get the hell out of here." It's I don't care if it's dark; it's too dangerous to stay here. They see some blinking lights in a window. Um, go upstairs and meet Frank and his daughter in a in a in a high rise in a high rise apartment. apartment. Yeah, yeah, she sees some flashing lights, which is the only form of like movement and electricity because all electricity and water services and everything like that are are done. Right. So they see flashing Christmas lights, and that's it's an indicator to yeah. something's going on there. So they go up there and uh, quickly realize that they're not going to be able to stay in this apartment with Frank and his daughter. They're running out of water. hasn't mm-hmm. rained in several days. Yep. He's got a system of buckets on the roof for catching yep. rain, but those not are all empty. Frank's on top yeah. of it. He's got yeah. a generator. He's got buckets. You I know. really liked Frank. I agree. I thought he was a great character until the very end when he met his untimely demise because of his anger, um, which was unfortunate. But... Uh, before that happens, uh, they all decide to set out on a road trip, um, getting through the city, driving over some cars, and they're trying to get to a location that's doing a, a, a radio broadcast, right? Yes, there's a radio broadcast that Frank is picking up occasionally, and it says, you know, like, come here, we have services, you know, we're doing this, and it's on loop, so they don't yeah. know if it's a real person, it's an on loop, but they're like, at this point, our options are stay here and slowly die or give this a shot. So, And it was like, oh, we you know, can cure the rage virus or whatever it was saying. Yeah, they said, that, they said they had a cure. There haven't been any broadcasts for weeks. Just listen. What? What's the recording? Yeah, it's recording, but this is where it's telling us to go. You see? If it's a recording, for all we know, the soldiers who made it are dead. It's possible, yeah. 
And that stuff about the answer to infection, I mean, there is no answer to infection. It's already done pretty much all the damage it can. Maybe they have a cure. Maybe they've got nothing at all. Well, the only way to find out is to reach them. We could die trying, Frank. Now, let's be honest, guys. If I was hearing a radio loop, I wouldn't try to find it. Well, because my immediate thought is someone set a trap or they're all dead. And the third option is maybe it's okay. But that's but a one in third chance. Or stay in this high rise that is not going to be able well, to Well, no, I would have just set out and gone somewhere else. Like, but where? I would not. But that's the thing is like, you know. Yeah, like, they had that conversation, right? Yeah. They're like, where, where do we go? I'd what? follow the sun. <laughs> point me north. They're on, they're on an island. So Mark's not going to survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> and neither would you. But just saying, I probably wouldn't, uh, I, I would be too afraid that it'd be a trap. So I, I wouldn't do that myself. But uh, they set out and find the military encampment. It looks like it's been overrun. There's nobody left. And that's when Frank, in a fit of anger, he sees a crow chirping at him or squawking at him. He kicks um, like a pole that has a dead body and it drops infected blood into his his eye. A single drop of blood falls in his eye. That is some shit luck. Man. Yeah. That oh, really I was so is. like, I, that was so gut-wrenching. I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, because again, Frank is a very likable character and I was really sad to see him go. Yeah. Um, now, up until this point, real quick, just to kind of give the, the movie a little more context, uh, they've been stopping places, they've been doing stuff. Um, Selena and Jim have been having conversations about like how it was, what went down, the losses they had, you know, and kind of really just exploring like why Selena is the way she is now, you know, like she talks, she tells a story about how she, she killed Mark so quick because she hesitated before. And that person that got infected, you know, killed like a bunch of her people. And so it was like, so you is like, Jim, you need to quit being a bitch. Your parents got to die very peacefully. Yeah. Like my people were all fucked up on a train. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, like, you start to see, like, you know, you start to understand these characters better. And they also look at um, Frank and his daughter. And the daughter's still very innocent. And she knows that some stuff's going up. But she doesn't quite understand the extent of all of it. No. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of look at her. And Jim kind of, like, you know, like, well, look at her. You know, she's still got hope. And then it's kind of, it's the balance of, like, how much humanity are you willing to let go versus what you need to survive. She and did that not kind react of, well when Frank got uh, infected. Oh, no, she didn't. She was uh, almost on her way to getting herself killed. And Frank's yeah. death gave us another scene to show us that Jim had not grown to where he needed right, to be to survive. Um, yeah. They were lucky that there were some soldiers hiding in the in the uh, the grassy area near them and yeah. shot uh, Rage Frank dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie moves us into, I would say, the final act three. Yeah. Act yeah. three. Um, you find out that there are some soldiers left and they're all kind of huddled up into this, like, what was it, a castle of mansion. some kind? Yeah, it's like it's a, a mansion. mansion. Yeah. yeah, and they've got a nice perimeter set around so they know when the zombies are coming. Everything seems all hunky-dory mm-hmm. for a little bit and then you kind of realize what's actually their game plan here. Well, they, they, they give the impression that they have orders and that they are doing what they, they're supposed to do. They're, they're part of the mission. Yeah. And that um, everything is all on the up and up, you know, like, hey, there's a plan. There's a way for us to to do this. Mm-hmm. There's a weird dinner scene. I think that like it's a little off the omelet. Yeah, that to me was like your first kind of signs that everything's not right. Yeah, you here. start to they start to see like some little like idiosyncrasies of some of the, the soldiers. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, maybe they're not all mentally there. Maybe some of this is actually taking its toll. They're not as put together as they like. And they're all very young. Very young, very young. It's almost it's it's Fresh almost like cadet school Lord of the Flies military. <laughs> you find out that like they realize that there is no 
bigger military out there. They're the last of it. And they go into like primitive survival mode, like our tribe, you know, this is what we do to survive. And yeah. you find out that that they they're going to more or less rape Selena and the kid to basically make babies so the species can live on. I think the captain pulls Jim aside, takes him on some sort of walk around the complex, and he's like, listen, these guys were on the end of the rope. They're about to kill themselves, and I promised them women. Yeah. And then we turned on the the radio broadcast. Yeah, women, women, so they, they, and he says women, not so much as they can just get laid, but... For the fact that there's still hope of surviving, I think the that's how he justifies it to yeah, himself. Yeah, that's how he justifies but it. But it's mostly to get laid. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's part <laughs> of it. But their actions said they were only interested in one thing. Yeah, they were yes. not looking to repopulate Earth. But, but I that's, think that's, that's his kind of that's his justification himself, yeah. for yeah. And this is when Jim finally starts to come around to of this is how things are. I'm going to have to adjust myself to adjust to this new way of thinking. And then they take him out to execute him. Well, no. So that's the thing is like, he's like, wait a minute. Whoa, that's not quite okay. And they're like, yeah. So guess what? You don't have much say in it. And they jack him up. And that's when he realizes like he hears the screams of like Selena and the girl being taken away and put in these dresses and stuff. They, I think that's when the dinner, the dinner scene is. Right? Don't they no, have them? The dinner in scenes before. Oh, no, that's that. right. No, right. Yeah. yeah. So Jim gets taken out in the woods because they're like, okay, well, this guy's a wild card. He's going to fuck yeah. up our plans. So take him out and kill him. And while they're doing that, the girls are back in dresses at the table. And he's yeah, the Jim, captain. After the talk with the captain, Jim ran back to the building and tried to immediately get them out of there. Yes. Right. And he got stopped with a butt of the gun to the face or whatever. Effective. <clears throat> yeah, very. Yes, then we finally get this just, I guess Jim is supposed to be almost as maniacal as a zombie because there's a scene where, you know, Jim is just running through the, the, the mansion murdering these dudes. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, the, it's, the loss of, it's the loss of innocence, the loss of humanity. Like he's basically gone into survival mode. Like mm-hmm. whatever it takes to get it done, he's going to get it done. And it's... It's so intense. Like the soundtrack in this movie is very minimal and very great. And then this, it builds this crescendo mm-hmm. moment where he's just like on autopilot. Like he's no longer like, I need to go do this. I need yeah. to go do this. He's just like, there's a person, kill it. There's a person, kill it. Get my people, get safe. And like, it's insane. He's gone to full on feral survival mode. And it's such an interesting break to see after this entire movie. You kind of like, will he, won't he? Oh, he's maintaining. And then it's like, you can't, and it's, the message I got from that was like, you can't maintain. You're going to lose something. Like, you're going to have to adapt or die. And he, unfortunately, adapts in like one of the harshest ways, but. All the while, Selena and Frank's daughter are trying to prepare themselves for this horrific. Distance. um, Yeah, of just getting used for procreation. Um, to the point where I guess Selena was about to just kill Frank's daughter with Oh, pills. yeah, she was about to be like, she's like, hey, take these. You know, I don't know if she was trying to kill her, but I think she was like basically like, you will be numb to the so numb to any of this. Like, you won't remember a goddamn thing, yeah. which was rough to watch where you're basically saying like, you're about to get raped horribly. Take this stuff so you don't have to remember it. Again, this movie is just so well done and intense. Like, every little like moment that could be kind of dropped as simplistic, carries a lot of weight. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he comes back, he gets the girls after basically just killing everybody. And there's a, that's at the point of the film where Selena thinks that he's a zombie. Yes. Like she's freaking out and if she picks up a machete, she's crying because she knows she's going to have to hack Jim up. <laughs> and then Jim's like, oh, hey, we ready to get out of here now? Well, and she's like, oh, 
oh, you're okay. And that's what's so scary is like, you know, like, are we all capable of being that rage-filled monster? If survival's on the line. Like, like deep inside, are we, was basically the the rage zombies what was always inside of us, always a possibility. I mean, so like, that was, yeah, when she looks at them and then she has that like look in her eye, like, I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. It's it's so terrifying because it's like, oh my God, this is going to happen. Civility I, and manners go out the door when survival's in. I thought he was going to get it. Like the first time I saw that movie, I was like, oh, they're about to kill our main character. I was like, this is going to be insanely intense. But they do manage to get away. Um, after the rainy massacre in the mansion, they drive off and then we're treated to a scene of building a sign. Uh, oh, we forgot to mention that Jim does see an a airplane. Yes, or a he's jet. A, a jet flying yeah. in the sky when he's about to be executed. He looks up, and that's what kind of triggers the, like... This may be only isolated to my area. Well, not so much just, like, there may be hope. I mean, maybe it's isolated this area, yeah. but, like, there may be Someone hope. Someone can save us. And there was talk right. earlier between Frank and Jim of, like, you know, like, you don't see any other news organizations. You don't see anybody else saying this. It's only isolated here. They've left us to die. Like, they've quarantined us, and they've left us to die. And that's a conversation that happens earlier yeah. in the movie, which is a really interesting like thought. Like, holy shit, would we really do that? If we needed to survive as a race, that may be an option. Yeah. And there's also talk that maybe like someone did get out over in the US on a plane, but again, it's all hearsay. So you don't really know what's true. So that's the like, hmm, is it true? Is it not? So when he sees that plane, you're like, wait a minute, oh shit. And the inf- uh, the film ends with them building a giant uh, hello sign out of cloth and whatever they can find sewed together and you see the plane like you think i saw they saw us this time yeah like a military jet flies over and then sees looks down and sees the giant like hello made out of linen and they're waving at it and they said do you think he saw us this time and um that's the end of the movie no but right before that as you you go up to the place where they're at, you see like the zombies kind of like dying of starvation. Yeah, which means they can actually die off after a while where a lot of other zombie films, they maybe just stop and don't move until they sense living organisms. So I thought that was an interesting... Going uh, to like a catatonic kind of state. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's because these are infected humans and not actually living dead. Yeah. Undead. Yeah. But that means I have never seen the sequel. I really, I own it. I've meant to watch it, but I've never seen 28 Weeks Later. 28 Weeks Later. Huh. I and saw it in the theater and I don't remember it. Okay, well, I, I'm gonna I'll watch it and I'll report back to you on if it was actually a decent follow up or not. Okay, but um, well, there were three other endings, right? I was there. Yeah, there's like alternate endings. Yeah, I never watch any of those usually. Yeah. I try to avoid that kind of stuff because I hear I, they're all I, bleak. I hate to basically see a movie, see an alternate ending, and I'm like, oh, that's a better ending. Why didn't you guys use that? <laughs> and then every time I see the movie, I'm just like, womp womp. So, Why didn't you do the other ending? Yeah. I didn't see it either, but I, I I'm on the same page with you, Garrett. I think this movie is really good. Um, I don't I don't know if I would call it my favorite, but I think it's definitely worth the watch because of all the ideas that it has on display. This was definitely the first time I ever watched a, like a, a horror movie or a monster movie or anything like that multiple times, like right away. I think I must have watched this movie like six or seven times, and like I went to the theater three times. I saw it when I got it like on like I think DVD like a bunch of times. So, hmm. yeah, it just, it had an impact on me. I'm odd man out. I mean, I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought I really did not like the third act. The transformation of Jim was too sudden. They didn't lay any foundation for it. Like, where did he get this skill set to do what he ended up doing? 
I get the whole survival way. baby. Yeah. Survival baby. Uh, I thought it was poorly written and it fell apart at the end. I like the ideas. I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, but overall, I thought the third act was really, really weak, and it just didn't seem to naturally follow acts one and two. And hmm. The character change was too sudden, too sudden at all. Or even if they'd been like, "Oh yeah, I was a cop back," just something to make <laughs> it seem like, "Oh, I have some base foundation for this." But every moment before he suddenly snaps and becomes Super Jim. He fails. He fails to make you know the calls that he needs to make, or even demonstrate that he has the ability to do what he needs to do. Maybe he was a mercenary. Maybe. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I can see. No, what he you're was saying. a bike carrier. But they say he was a bike carrier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so he's a bike carrier by day. The mean streets of bike carrier. <laughs> I can see your point of him being able to best military soldiers. Like a whole base of people all right he kills like 12 people in 30 minutes it's like i'm not buying yeah, it but man. it wasn't just him he was letting zombies in what fair so I mean, he's being all strategic it's just such such a shift it wasn't like okay i just have to shoot this one person in the head and that shows like he's learned that this is the world that he lives in right he's like i need to take out a whole military base let me plan this out here and so i just accepted his um that he was about to be executed yeah. As his no, turning that, point. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he now he knows, but maybe it was a little strong. Right. I agree that that is like the inciting moment to to make where his mind switched. I think there's probably a more low-key way they could have shown that to the audience. Maybe he just has to kill the captain and the rest of them just sort of fitter away or whatever. But to just go and have to like take out this whole base, it suddenly felt like I was watching an action movie. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You make you make very valid points on that. Because um, yes, granted, he how does he have the ability to take out that many trained soldiers? To Mark's point, they were pretty new to yeah. the whole thing. But also that being said, like again, there was no plan. He didn't plan out what he was going to do. I mean, he basically like kind of planned it as he went. It was just yeah. like then he, he was just, just got re- really lucky, which also feels like weak writing, right? Like he was just reacting. Like you know, like zombies go in, kill. I'm gonna go in, kill. Yeah. I mean, so it was definitely like I don't know. I see what you're saying. I didn't. I didn't find that to be an issue for me, but that's fair. Well, I feel probably the director needed Jim to be at that heightened mania to really compare us to the rage zombie. Yeah, you know I what just, I mean. Yeah, and, and I totally get what they were going for. It just felt really jarring. In most cases, I'm like, man, maybe this movie you know, needs to be shorter. Maybe this one just needs to be a little longer and a little more transitional time. You know, maybe. They showed Jim training with the soldiers a little bit, or just oh, so that's fair. That's fair. That's a good like to to give some indication. But see, I think that's also I think the ambiguity of that, like you know, like are we all capable of basically just being that badass when it comes to when it when when it's up against the wall, everything depends on you just doing it. Are we capable within our physical like you know means? Yeah, are we capable of basically doing that level of? I mean, there's mothers who lift cars off their babies and shit. They get that adrenaline, you know, like. I mean, I've heard of such things. I've never witnessed such. I've things. never seen it either. But you know, like <laughs> I get there's, it. And there's. I agree. So know. I'm just like, it's possible, but it just felt like such a tonal shift in the movie. That I would have definitely been cool with maybe like ten minutes more of that movie. <clears throat> yeah, it just sort of. It felt like it jerked me out of it. Up until then, I thought it was really a tremendous movie, but yeah. um, that last little bit just it's really left you in a bad place with it, huh? Yeah, because it's the ending, right? So it's like the like how the movie leaves you. Um, if it had happened in the beginning, you probably didn't have like two hours to sort it out. But right, I'm torn because I kind of like the the happy like like oh the island's quarantined, you know, but they're they're finding a way to make it work for them. Versus the what I preferred like a completely bleak, terrible ending of like there's no hope. Yeah, our end our end 
purpose is going to be like just fucking like insanely like primal prime primal yeah. like rage monsters. This movie was so bleak throughout. If it had a bleak ending, that would have been that would have been a bit much. <laughs> it really would have that would have made a suicide levels movie. skyrocket after yeah. twenty eight days later. Well, all the other alternate endings are all bleak. I hear so maybe we're gonna watch that. All right, are we ready to move into the next one, or you got anything else to say on? Let's do it. I'm good. Let's days. move. Okay. My favorite one of the bunch. So we were all pleasantly surprised with this one. Um, 2016's The Girl with All the Gifts, also a British film. Yeah, also known as Last of Us the Movie. <laughs> okay, yes. Every I was like, I was like, well, they don't have to make this Last of Us movie they're talking about. Yeah. It's already been made, ladies and gentlemen. Very right. successfully. Those of you who are not familiar, Last of Us is a Sony PlayStation video game from Naughty Dog. Uh, also dealing with some very similar material. Fungal zombie outbreak, all the like. So the little girl has the cure, like the whole. I really appreciated the movie setup, where it starts off in this government facility. These kids are being wheeled around, and they're you go into a classroom. You don't really know what's going on yeah. right away. It takes several minutes for it to kind Check of unfold balance. itself. I like that. Yeah, um, they uh, have them all chained up in wheelchairs. You're like, what's wrong with these little kids? And then you come to find out that they all crave human flesh, yet they still have all the intelligence of normal people. So for a while there, I was like, oh, is this like zombie 2.0? Have they fully matured into this new evolved being? Which turns out to be the case. <laughs> yeah. As with all zombie films, there was an outbreak, this fungal outbreak. I'm going to try to say this. Ophiocordyceps unilateralis. Nailed it. I, yeah. Did I? <laughs> We're going to give it to you. Yeah. Funny enough, that's the same fungal thing that happens in The Last of Us. Are you serious? Of course it is. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not saying that one of these copied from the other. It's very likely. Who cares, man? Asteroid deep impact situation where two people just had the same idea. I really tried to find an answer to see which influenced what. Yeah. But they all came out about the same time. I think it was just independently came up with the almost exact same idea. This guy wrote a short story that's when it then adapted into a book and then to a movie. This movie, yeah. Now, I actually found a quote from the author uh, regarding this Last of Us business um, on the website io9. Someone asked him, was like, hey, do you know about Last of Us? There's some weird similarities <laughs> going on. He goes, fortunately, I didn't find out about it until I've already written and submitted the novel. I still haven't played it, although I now have a copy on loan from a friend. The producer on the movie of Girl, referring to his own film, has played it and loves it. So there was no influence, and that's probably a good thing. If I'd known about it, I'd have been in a quandary about whether to steer away from it or stick to the structure I already had in mind. So well, I'm glad he stuck with it, but ah, that's so. There's you think way he's lying? too. <laughs> I don't know. I the thing is, is like nothing's new under the sun. Right. That's know? true. How much of this movie comes from Cormac McCarthy's The Road? How many times have you had an idea like, yeah. oh, I've never seen this before, and then someone like you find out later on that it was like a book or a movie that like totally was that idea. So I mean, it's completely possible. And to be fair, you know, like maybe they both read something or saw something that triggered this kind of concept, but. There is a lot of similarities. I mean, like almost shockingly level like similarities so between the two. With the plot summary bits. Uh, sure. So. so once you f- realize what's happening with these kids, um, what's happening is that they are in this government program where they're being studied. Um, Glenn Close is in this film, which I was actually surprised that she was in this thing. I thought it was the lady who played Q in the Bond movies. At first, I didn't know that was going oh, close. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Judy Dench. Judy yeah. Dench. Yeah. I thought at first I was like, "It was that Judy Dench," and it was like, "Oh wait, that's not." Judy I think Glenn Dench. Close killed it in this movie. She did great. Yeah. Very cold, callous scientist. Everyone did an amazing job acting in this movie. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. so impressed. Even the kid, and it's like kid actors are normally like, eh, but she was great, man. Crazy Home good. Run. 
I really uh, appreciate all the performances as well. Um, so Glenn Close's character is actually uh, at this facility trying to find a cure, um, as you do, for this fungal <laughs> outbreak. Um, when it all goes horribly awry, they get attacked, and they've got to immediately evacuate. Now, real quick, this fungal outbreak, basically, it attaches to your brain, and yeah. it basically grows around your brain like ivy, and more or less, it kind of makes you, you, you crave flesh, you basically, just like a zombie, but you become one of the, like, the fast zombies from 28 Days Later, yeah. except you're being controlled by this fungus, um, as opposed to, and, and the smell of flesh, the smell of human flesh yeah. is what triggers the, the And they've actually the uh, manufactured a spray that will like inhibit. Like a spray and cream yeah, type stuff. Like you, yeah. Humans spray it on them to keep the smell off of, or, or away. Zombies can't smell you anymore yeah. if you put it. It's like off. Yeah, so <laughs> off basically mosquito yeah, off. They don't, they don't want to eat your flesh because they can't smell your flesh. What I liked about the first act part of this movie is it doesn't fall into the trap of over-explaining at all. It's like the zombie thing happened. It doesn't even tell you why the base fell. Oh, our fence fell down or whatever. They just like move the plot along. Go on, get. We got to get to the next plot point, and that's in another town over here. You know, I like that, yeah. though. They, didn't, they yeah. just It felt very tight. They gave us enough to make it flow, but they didn't give us enough to bog us down, yeah. which there's part of me that loves that, and there's part of me that's also like, oh, I want to spend like 20 more minutes finding out what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely true. I love world building, but I think they it was the yes. right call to keep Definitely the right call. Yeah. Definitely the right call. And you definitely get a sense that everybody in this facility hates the kids that they're protecting. Yeah. They call them friggin' abortions like over and over and over again. And like the captain's like, why are we keeping these alive? You know, this is pointless. Kind of like Day of the Dead. You know, the mm-hmm. military was like, why are we doing this? So uh, I, I felt that. You don't get a real good idea of how long they've been doing it. I guess it's got it. The kids are all like, what, 10, 11, you think? Yeah, so you find out through the course of the film, the second generation of the quote-unquote hungries is what they call their zombies, the hungries. They were all the infected um, fetuses in the womb. Yeah. And they ate their way they out. They ate their way out. <laughs> when Glenn Close is describing that, like, and she's just so deadpan, it's like, yeah. she's like, well, I'm not one. The kid's like, I'm not one of them. She's like, oh, you are. And she's like, well... I didn't get bitten or do, and she's like, no, you were infected in the womb and you ate your way out of your mother. Like, it was just like, oh, I'm sorry, you want to repeat that? I was so <laughs> yeah. shocked. And then she like goes into it. That's like, wow. So if you think, all right, let's say they're 10, they've been doing this for 10 years, they've had no mm-hmm. real progress. and um, Not enough. I'd say they made a spray. Were they yeah. 10? They looked a little <laughs> bit older than 10, but. Yeah. So the 10, 10, 10, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12. okay, we'll so say even that. Even on the low end, if they're preteen. 14. Right. It's like, of course, the military is probably like, man, we keep going to capture people or whatever. Keep losing dudes left and right. What what are we getting out of this? So uh, these second generation hungry who ate their way out of the womb, they actually retain human intelligence, um, but they still crave flesh, Mm -hmm. which is uh, put on display. Uh, multiple times the kids start freaking out and start chomping their mouths. And I'm like, that's some creepy shit. Dude, that noise was really unnerving. I agree. Um, so anyway, they get, they, uh, uh, take a, one of the mobile, uh, stations that's, no, they no, take no, a truck. A, they take like, a truck. It's like a military truck. Yeah. Yeah. So as the base is falling, like someone grabs a truck out of, I guess it was being repaired and mm-hmm. saves, um, Glenn Close, the teacher. I guess we also need to mention that the teacher is starting to have a real attachment to the main child. Melanie. Melanie, yeah. um, who is the, uh, main character of the film. 
um, to the point where she's almost got like a mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, there's definitely some some feelings brewing. So during all this, when the uh, the fence goes down, they're in the middle of trying to lobotomize Melanie to attempt to create the cure. And the teacher is flipping her shit. And uh, I think she stabs like the assistant or something. Is that right? He hits him with a fire extinguisher. Hits with a fire extinguisher. Okay. Yeah. And, and Glenn Close says like, this is it. Like they're going to be able to cure it this time. Like, yeah, Glenn like, Close is like confident. very confident that this is Melanie is the one that can basically yeah. make this happen. Mm-hmm. So, teacher Melanie, Glenn Close, and a handful of maybe like two or three other soldiers make it into a truck, and they're the only ones to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hopes that maybe they can make it to another base, but yeah, you find Beacon. out yeah, called Beacon, and you find out later that place has fallen, and they're trying to evacuate to where the base <laughs> just fell. So it's looking really dire. Um, they make it out and they find a mobile base station, right? That's got like all the uh, surgical equipment yeah. in it. For whatever it. reason, they have to go through London. Mm-hmm. They, London they is. They give some reason. I don't it, recall the reason. Yeah, it feels wrong because it's like we have to go through the <laughs> middle of this major city. But that's what they decide. There's probably tons of those things still yeah, around. They have to do this. And uh, then they come across, yeah, this mobile uh, van, like laboratory, I guess that they were using that Glenn Close's people had set up. Yeah. They're like, we we made these to basically make sure that we could be mobile and keep working on the the vaccine to cure earlier in the outbreak cycle, right? Yes. And then had to abandon, yeah, and retreat. Um, Glenn Close is also dying at this point. She's got um, septic the, shock. She's going the, to a septic shock. Yeah, right. In the escape, she cut her hand or something like yeah. that. Yeah, she picked up a piece of glass to stab a zombie in the head and sliced her hand open, and that got infected. So now she's on a timetable. Oh, yes. She's apparently the only one that can make this cure. She happens to have Melanie at the ready. So she's just got to figure out how to get her on the table and cut her open and make it right. the, and save what's left of the human race. And so throughout the escape, the like main soldier has also, I think, come to start taking to Melanie as well. Like trust, they start trusting her a little bit. Do you want to get some more exercise? You can run ahead and find us a clear route. Can I use the radio thing? Gallagher, give her your radio thing. Sarge? She'll give it you back. Right, there you are. Show me. Push that button to talk. Let go so I can talk back. It's Melanie. Hello? I'm over here. Just like that, yeah. Off you go, then. Don't play with anybody that looks dead. She better not bloody lose it. Right. They start using her for missions and yeah. things because the infected zombies don't react to her because she's a second generation mm-hmm. uh, fungal. She's got, she's got the fungal in her, so she doesn't leads smell. Us to Garrett's favorite scene where she eats a cat. Oh, fuck you guys again. <laughs> Seriously. She walks in and she takes her mask off and she's a little cat walking. And I was like, I just, I looked at my roommate, I was like, no, not again. Because we had just watched The Last Exorcism <laughs> right before, and I was like, yeah. not again. And then cut to her just chowing down, ripping this cat. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with movies that you guys recommend. she indirectly kills a dog. Well, the dog is supposed to, like, I think, as be, a decoy, like, right? As a yeah. decoy yeah. to clear out a street. Yeah, so she, they're trapped with this I felt really bad for that dog. Right, he had made it this far. He's just living his little dog life. You she, pick him up and go throw him <laughs> yeah. in a horde and be like, go get him. Yeah, the, so it does work. Um, and then they, like, they see a poster of a cat. The teacher is like, oh, do you want a cat? And Melanie's like, I already had one. 
Yeah, I was like, get the fuck. I was like, I was like, boo. I was like, really mad at the screen when that happened. She doesn't even clean up after dinner though. She's like covered in blood. Like, yeah. come on. Oh no. Okay, so I hold thought on, you were quick. supposed to be some civilized what is zombie. What's she gonna do? Under- so yes. Yeah, wipe so, it off with a napkin. I don't know. So Glenn Close basically is trying to trick them to basically so she can get Melanie and finally make this cure. And I'll let you get back to that plot in just a second. But during all this, the the captain um, hates, just can't stand Melanie. Hates what they yeah. stand for. Basically, you know. That he finds this clear Hannibal Lecter type mask, and they put it over her face so that way she can't bite anybody. Um, yeah. So she's wearing this like weird clear Hannibal Lecter type mask during like the whole thing. When she goes out, when they they finally like she's like, "Well, I can walk over there and get this," and the captain's finally like, "Okay, we'll trust you this time." That's when she eats the cat. She takes the mask off and is just walking around without the mask. And when she comes back, that she's like, "The mask fell off," but yeah. everyone's kind of like. Huh, okay. And then, yeah, he does handcuff her and put it back on her. But it gets to the point where they just stop making her wear it. And I'm like, yeah. no. Under no circumstances make her, like, do not. Well, that's what John was saying. He, they're becoming to trust her a little more because they yes. got her on field ops and, and things of that nature. Even so the they, radio, she really liked that. Which, foreshadow, ends up costing the humans quite a bit in the end. But before we get there... Um, but you can train a tiger to be cool with you, but that tiger's still going to eat your ass if it wants to decide to eat your ass. Like, that's what I'm saying, like... Well, that's what she tells Glenn Coase, right? I mean, so I guess can continue to when, I guess, she drugs yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, she drugs everybody? Right, so, all right, so now they find she the gasses station, them. right? She gasses them. Oh, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, they're going yeah. out, they're going to get food and stuff, and um, they come back, and they're like, hey, why are these doors open? That's weird. So they go in there, and uh, surprise, Glenn Coase had, like, flooded the place with sleepy gas, Mm-hmm. Doing her best not to die in the middle of all yes. this. She's, like, she's barely hanging on to life at this point. She's like, I gotta, I gotta do this. This is what's gonna save us all. And then they have this pretty in depth discussion, uh, Glenn Close and Melanie. Right. And then Melanie slowly starts to realize, is like, well, why is it gotta be you who gets to survive? Right. It's exactly what she. Well, that is yeah, a great moment because earlier, you? like, yeah, early in the movie, they're like, you know, like Glenn Close and Melanie have like a little bit of repartee between the the prison door. Yeah. That they the little like holding cell door, and she's like, you know, like, well, I'm a. It's like she's like, am I alive? And she's like, no, you guys just repeat behaviors. You do your best to mimic. You know, you're not technically living and alive, and you're not truly human things, living things. Right. And, and in this end, moment, uh, this discussion that they're having, Glenn Close admits that yes. Yeah, Glenn Close is like, you know, you can help everybody. And she's like, well, if I can help everybody, does that mean I'm living and I can help? And she's like, of course it does. And she's like, cool. And she's like, why do I have to die for you guys? And if I'm living, if I finally have reached the status of like living for survival, why do I got to kill myself for you? You did miss an important part in that the older first generation hungries have now like started sprouting into... Oh, vines essentially and they have seed pods seed pods in them yes yeah. the fungus is now basically ready to pollinate and they've created essentially this like super seed pod tower in the middle of london a giant um, fungal tree yeah which was um, on a building though it was yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like vines had run up this sure. giant pillar building um turns out the only way to activate and release the spores of the fungus is to burn it so yeah. after Glenn Close fails to convince Melody to go ahead and save humanity, or Melanie, sorry, Melanie's first thing she wants to do is go and burn that tree. Yep. And she does. And all the spores launch, and her captain, who had started coming around to her, yeah. is he laying like goes out, He runs out to like save her initially, and then he, he's like, oh, what's happening? And she's like, oh, my bad. I thought you were in the, uh, <laughs> the airlock. No. 
It was like, oh, bro, you should have stayed <laughs> yeah. indoors. Yeah. Uh, and so then he starts turning and, and she has to shoot him. I thought it was a real powerful scene. It was. Uh, I'd, I'd grown to like that captain a lot, actually, yeah. through their, their journey. But the teacher's still in the airlock. Yep. So she's not exposed to the spores. Yeah. Glenn Close tries to follow Melanie and stop her from releasing the pods. And then oh, we didn't mention that there was a giant group of feral children. <laughs> yes. There was second generation hungries in a hospital that had managed to like survive on their own. Now they've gone more like Lord of legitimately yeah, legit Lord, of the, Lord fries, of the Fries, tribal and stuff like that. And there's a scene where Melanie like goes very primal she and kills the their she she murders her. their alpha kid in front of them to basically kind of gain control to help the teacher and the captain um, get back to the the airlock pod in the uh, the mobile base yeah. with Glenn Close, and that's when they come back and find out Glenn Close has like poisoned it, so they pass out. But um, that plays into why Melanie opened those pods because she's like, so I'm living. She started thinking of those kids too, like, well, they're living also yeah. then, and they're the next generation. They're kids, which means they're going to grow up, and so that's when she kind of makes that decision. It's like, all right, you guys had your turn. Now it's our turn. Yeah, it's the next step in quote unquote human evolution, right? Fungal evolution. Fungal evolution. Yeah. If we can survive with it, probably a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, uh, everybody's dead but the teacher. She's in the mobile evac vehicle and finds out what's happening. And then uh, time passes a little bit. And then you see that the teacher is now teaching all the feral children like in a classroom, only now she's the one in the cage. Yeah. Yes, it's a total role reversal where, like, she's out teaching the kids who are caged in the beginning, and then it swaps at the end. And at the end, also, you see the the kids who are in the classroom at the beginning, they found those kids also, and they're there also with the feral children. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because the, there's some kids in the orange jumpsuits. Because remember, yeah. halfway through the movie... For the new kids, you know, we'll have to... Bear with me, yeah. we're going to get the I didn't new realize that up. was the ones from the class before. Because okay. earlier in the movie, um, the teacher, Mrs. Justino basically says, well, what about the other children? And Glenn Close says, we'll go back for them in time once we can. Well, as you said, time passed at this final scene, and you mm-hmm. see the the original children as and well feral. as the feral children being taught by Miss Justino, who was the one person who saw them as more than being just uh, abortions, you know, like infected abortion, abortions. Right. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a complete role reversal, I but it was kind of a nice sense. ending. Yeah. I, Those was, kids would have survived the zombie attack because, as we saw, Melanie was not attracted, right. or the zombies weren't attracted to Can't Melanie at that other. point. Mm-hmm. It was a terrific film. I Great really film. appreciate it. Totally surprised by it. Yeah. Definitely recommends all around, I'm assuming. Yes. A couple of things I want to talk about, though. Yeah. Is it about that movie? soldier and his how he fell into the world's dumbest trap? Okay, so yes, that's <laughs> definitely one of the things. But I got dumb so, movie moment one. Is it soldier won't shoot the girl while she eats the partner? No, it's when there are these like cans that are just per. I mean, it's, it's the oh. piece. Of, it's the ET <laughs> e. piece of candy moment. Picking up these cans, it's leading them to this. Op- I mean, all you're missing is like a box with a stick. I would have loved if he like every can he grabs, he goes yum, yeah. yum. Yeah, no, it yum. literally is the ET like I'm about to get a trapped gag. Um, no, that was so dumb. at the very beginning of the movie, did you guys notice there was like five or six different production company intros? Oh, I just kind of ignored it. Yeah, but yeah there was. There was one. Like I saw one. I was like, okay, okay, because I was like, do I recognize any of these? Because I always like to know who's yeah. doing what movies. And then it was like on the fourth one, I was like, 
damn, there's a lot of people who helped predict. And then it's like, kept going. I was like, what the shit is going on here? There was like five or six of them. And I was like, at first I was really scared. I was like, oh, this does not bode well. Because the last time I saw that was like Tommy Wiseau's The Room (laughs) and a couple other like terrible. It's been passed around a few times. Like 13 ghosts and stuff like that. Um, Did you guys think, so at one point they are wading through, the zombies have kind of gone into this weird catatonic state where they kind of like go into this weird kind of, we're not triggered by anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sleep mode. Yeah, sleep mode. And they're they're wading through them slowly, like they're all walking through really slowly, not to do them. But there's one pushing a stroller. Oh, that was a great. And slash Glenn Close scene. like wants to look in it to see if it actually is a kid because they she's never seen it like seen them like do maternal stupid. instinct. Yeah. Did you guys think there was gonna be like a, a zombie baby in it? I did. Yeah. I thought there was gonna be a zombie baby for sure. I also didn't. The, the, I had a problem with that because I didn't understand why she needed to see what was in there. Because she was so like she was like, oh my god, I've never actually seen them like portray maternal instincts right. in this form. So, that been like, oh, so she okay. wanted to see yeah. if because if it was taking care of it was a baby, scientific reason. Yes. Right, that's okay. what she said. Oh, because the I guy was like, what right. are you doing? He was like, research. Like yeah, that yeah. was not the time. Like yeah, yeah. hey lady. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, um, God, okay, so <laughs> there was a couple parts in this movie. Um, oh, yeah, so at the end, she basically burns the stuff. There's not a single, like, horror movie that can't be resolved with burning everything at the end. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of burn it all down. So <laughs> <laughs> That is a way out. Um, but one thing, I was, I was watching this movie, and Melanie's so good, and she becomes, like, such an alpha figure when she, like, meets the feral kids. Mm-hmm. But also with the adults, she kind of becomes the one calling the shots. Like, I'll go there and get this and come back and help you guys. And they kind of accept that after a while. Yeah. Do you think that this possibly could have been the origin story of Tina Turner from Beyond Thunderdome? Do you think Melanie grew up to be <laughs> Tina Turner from Thunderdome? <laughs> oh. Well, there wasn't enough cars and diesel smoke going everywhere, so I don't know if we're quite in the Mad Max stage of things. It was just so funny. I was things, like, but... she like kind of comes as like at the end, she's like the one like telling the kids to sit down and behave, and she's kind of yeah, like running like... the show. And I was like, I wonder if she grows up to be Tina Turner from Thunderdome. I'm gonna say no, just because it seems like there's more order currently under Melanie's watch <laughs> than <laughs> Tina true. Turner's Thunderdome. She was running a tight ship. <laughs> she was man. She was not messing around. But you know, that was a complete surprise movie. I'm so glad you recommended that one. Mark, because yeah. I had never even heard of this film. Same. Everybody got to go out and watch it. Actually, it was recommended to us from a, a mutual friend, so I'm glad we took him up on it. Um, go watch that film. Anybody interested in reading the book? No. There was a book? Yeah. Was it called Last of Us? No, it was called <laughs> The Girl with All the Gifts, the Uh-oh. book. I, I'm sure it probably is a tremendous book. The movie was so good, um, but I, I just I don't. I don't know why, actually. Normally, I would say yes. Something about I feel like the movie was so exceptional. It's like, nah, I think I'm good. I feel like that's it's a perfect encapsulation of what we would have gotten out of. That. I mean, I might go back and read the book later once this movie's kind of died down in my mind a little bit. But well, from my understanding, we're still gonna get a Last of Us movie at some point. Yes, they I are still in production with that. I don't like you said. I don't think we needed it. This movie did everything that I'd want out of it. Yeah. It's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking how similar these two things are. But. Now, we, we talked about three movies, and I recommended two of them because I feel like they really in, like encompass what I like out of zombie movies. And, you know, Mark, you brought I would, with the... I would say all three of them are, yeah. uh, are a must-watch if you're interested in zombies at all. Is there a zombie movie that you guys have seen that we didn't talk about today that you would basically hail up as like, like Absolutely. you have to see this? It's called Weekend at Bernie's 2. He never came back from the dead. Oh, but he got voodoo about. Yeah, he was dancing around. He even oh, we can went to like two? third base oh, with a woman on the one. beach. Wait, what? He got yeah, voodooed in two? He got voodooed up, and he was gonna walk to his treasure, 
And these guys were trying to get him to lead him to where his buried treasure was. You know, all those people who basically sit and go, man, the 80s were so great. I'm going to smack him in the face and remind (laughs) him of this garbage. That and Gremlins 2. I like Weekend at Bernie's too. (laughs) I was just joking, though. I wouldn't. But is there there a zombie film that we didn't talk about? Maybe not like the Shaun of the Deads or, you know. Definitely Shaun of the Dead. Well, then those are great movies, but like that's a different type. That's a comedy zombie movie. I think it encapsulates zombie movies so well, though, in. It does. By spoofing them. It really it, does. It's it's a really exceptional parody movie. Um, I think the New Dead remakes um, were good um, sort of revisiting of the zombies in the mid-2000s. Um, I actually did like the day. No, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn was the first uh, big remake they yeah, made. remake. All that movie was pretty cool. was pretty good. Would you guys recommend The Walking Dead to anybody? The no. TV show? Yeah. Uh at certain times, I would have said yes, but now I'm kind of like... Mm. I'd recommend the first season of The Walking Dead. Six See, episodes. I recommend the second season where at the farm. I love that because you got to the humanity of like where everyone's mind where was. I learned that they can't come up with 13 episodes of content. They can come up with seven episodes of content and stretch it out to 13 Well, that's episodes. the thing that's so baffling. I mean, not to derail it too much, is like you've got the, the Walking Dead comic books. Which is like was on like issue like seventy or eighty at that point when the show was basically mm-hmm. starting, and they just drug out these plot points over like twenty episodes. And That's I'm like, the biggest Dude, fault of the show. It's stop. so damn slow. It's Too so slow. slow. Like they basically... the lumbering zombie. They need to inject some oh. rage into it. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would never recommend anybody watch. I'd recommend the books. I'd recommend the comics before I recommend the TV show. And the thing is, I think I think a lot of the actors in the Walking Dead TV show are fantastic, and I think the plot points we do finally get occasionally are really well done. They'll have individual fantastic episodes, but just like any other, so much filler. Yeah, yeah, any like any other TV, they they try to buffer it out with as much BS filler as possible. It's so depressing because remember, you know. Early TV shows, early, even like 10 years ago, they used to be 26 episodes. Now they're 13 and they still can't fill up 13 episodes. It's like, good lord. There's got to be something of them not wanting to pass the comic book up. Maybe. Or something. I don't know. know. There's so much more content in those that they could have easily gone at a normal pace and been fine. I just can't watch a show where like three weeks in a row, they're just spinning their wheels and it's like, uh, I can't. Yeah, can't a do lot that. of wheel spin. That's the thing that's like so frustrating about this new kind of like half season stuff is like you do get a couple filler episodes. And you're like, we don't have time for this. Right. I'm not getting 20 episodes here. Exactly. Like, it's like cut the fucking filler and let's go. But that's the new formula for TV now. Um, other zombie films, um, not really thinking of many, to be honest. Um, like Dawn of the Dead, yep. I, the remake, I enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we I think I'm just so burned a, out on it that. Yeah. And I think that's a big part. My of it. my list, time. my list is smaller than what I maybe recommended in the past. But I think we, I think we hit a lot of good ones. I think we hit a lot of ones that we would really recommend. It's I'm kind of shocked that we all recommend all three. Well, I mean, maybe John's not no, super recommend it. bump it's, on 28, yeah. but... Just stop at the, you know... Uh, oh, but right when they go take uh, Jim out to be Don't shot. stop no, at that just, part because you don't get any payoff. <laughs> I, I recommend all three. You know, two of them pretty strongly, but 28 uh, Days Later, it's it's a good mil- It's a good movie. It really is. I just think it didn't end well. <laughs> go watch Goonies, but when they get to that pirate ship, just go ahead and turn it off. Now, I mean... You knew how to end a movie. <laughs> That's well, a third act I could support. Garrett, you go watch 28 Weeks Later and report back. We'll uh, see. Uh, I remember not liking it, but I'd be interested to see what you think. I was, I'm was. i always so hesitant to watch it because I just really don't want to uh, fuck with the like 
the memories and the like the nostalgia <laughs> I have for the first one. I sure. really don't want it to ruin that, but I will do that. I will watch it, and then when we re-record, I'll let you guys know um, what I thought about it. Any other zombie thoughts you guys have before we wrap it up? I am glad they're toning zombies down. I mean, we definitely yeah, had an oversaturation, and I'm glad we're, we're getting a, a, a bit of a pullback on that. We're not seeing quite as much of it anymore. Um, that being said, though, in place of that, we got a million damn fucking possession paranormal haunting, yeah. haunting movies that I'm just kind of like, ugh. Since that's my favorite type of horror, I'm like, God, the golden age of horror for me. <laughs> <laughs> just really shitty mass-produced possession movies. There's a few companies that are responsible for all those, but yeah. I think it's like one. It's like A24. Blumhouse. Yeah, Blum, that's it. Those yeah. are like, the they're just pumping them out, man. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out our zombie episode. Do you have any topics you want us to discuss? Do you have any corrections or comments you'd like to add? Hit us up on our Twitter page, at The Grave Talk, or on Facebook.com slash The Grave Talk. You can also email us at GraveTalkPodcast at iCloud.com. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Until next time, keep yourself above ground, otherwise you may be dead. And the dead can't listen. <laughs>